about. Appeared to him and said, leave your father's house, get out away from there and come to a land that I'll show you. How many remembers Abram and his name was changed to Abraham? And uh, of course he had a nephew. Anybody remember his nephew's name? It was Lot. And, uh, and Abraham was supposed to leave Lot behind and just get out, him and Sarah, his wife, and just leave, leave all that. Of course, Lot went with him. Uh, Abraham was not perfect. We'll say a little more about that as we go. But uh, I want to talk to you today about the choices of Lot. The choices of Lot. The choices of Lot. Now, in Romans 4, verse 3, it says this, For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for what? For righteousness. So how did people a lot of times ask me, how, you know, they say, well, we know how to get saved in the New Testament. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But how do they get saved in the Old Testament the same way we get saved in the New Testament? Abraham was saved by, by, by faith, by faith. Moses was saved by faith. You can read Romans, what is it? The, I'm sorry, Hebrews, the 12th or 13th chapter there talks about by faith, by faith, by faith. All those Old Testament characters, they got saved by faith just like we do, by believing God. And so, but, but you see, we look back to the cross, they look forward to the cross. Remember, Jesus was preached right there in the Garden of Eden, right after man sinned. Remember, God came in and, and talked about the seed of the woman, the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus. See? So, so you get saved in the Old Covenant just the way you do in the New Covenant. It's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But here it said that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him. See, it was accounted to him for what? For righteousness. See, in the Old Covenant, the, the, the difference would be in the Old Covenant when they believed on the Lord, uh, it was accounted to them. When we believe on the Lord, we actually become the righteousness of God. See, that would be the, the difference. But, but in any event, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, having said that, let's, let, we're talking about the choices of Lot. Look at Second Peter 2, verse 6. Second Peter 2, verse 6. Notice this. I needed to, to tell you that about Abraham and how he was declared righteous. And all of the Old Covenant, Old Testament believers, just like the New, were, were saved by faith in, in Christ, believing God. Notice here in Second Peter 2, 6, and, and notice, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. We'll, we'll talk about that more in just a moment. Condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And delivered, now watch this, and delivered righteous Lot. You see that? Lot was righteous, wasn't he? How did he get righteous? He became righteous the same way Abraham did, by what? By believing God. That's why we read that scripture from Romans 4. I needed to show you that Abraham was righteous by or declared righteous, or accounted righteous by believing God. So right here, the Bible calls Lot righteous. So what can we conclude? That he also, what? Believed God. Lot was a believer. You need to understand that. 
Because we're going to look at some things here in just a minute when we look at his choices and some of the choices he made. And you're going to be scratching your head wondering, is he really a saved person? Is he really a believer? But right here, we see that he's a righteous person. And how do you become righteous? By what? By being a believer. So notice verse 7 again. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that Righteous man. Notice what is the Bible calling Lot? They're calling him a what? A righteous man. See, he was righteous not by anything he did or didn't do. He was righteous because he believed God. The same ways, same thing's true with us. We don't become righteous by committing righteous acts. We become righteous through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you need to understand that. You don't get to heaven because of any Good things you do. You get to heaven because you have a repentant heart and you placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to understand that. Don't ever forget that. Now, living holy is something we should do, but it doesn't save us. We're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So notice here, Lot, verse 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them, among, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, very evil place, tormented his righteous, notice, called his soul what? Called his soul righteous. From day to day, seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. So, we're talking about the choices of Lot. The first choice that Lot made was a good choice. He chose to believe God. See, his first choice was a heaven-hell choice. Was a heaven-hell choice. And he chose wisely. He chose rightly. He believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. We're going to see that in life, all of our major decisions, the first and most important is, are we going to choose heaven or are we going to choose hell? That's our first choice. Lot made a wise choice. He chose to believe God. Okay? But we're going to see that all the other choices that he made weren't good ones. Yet he was saved. He missed hell. He made heaven because of his faith. You see... Our first choice we must make is between heaven and hell. The other choices we make are between heaven and the world. Are we going to follow what God wants us to do or are we going to follow what the world wants us to do? Did did you get what I just said? The first choice we make, major choice in life, is what are we going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? What are we going to do with Him? That's our first choice. First choice we have is between heaven and hell. The other choices we have in life, just like Lot is really between are we going to follow what heaven wants us to do or are we going to follow what the world or the devil wants us to do. And you need to remember that. So notice, uh, and, and you can be turning over to Genesis 13, but I need to say this to you while you're turning there. Lot, he made a good choice. He chose heaven. But all the other choices we're going to look at here today were bad choices that he made. Were bad choices that he made. And actually, I, I, I got a little bit ahead of myself. Go to hold your place in Genesis 13. But look at 1 Corinthians 3. I need, I need you to go there. I got a little ahead of myself. Notice here in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Lot was a carnal believer. Real loud say carnal believer carnal believer do you know there's a lot of carnal we could say it this way carnal christians what what does that mean carnal christians they're following 
not after what God wants them to do, but they're following after what they themselves want to do, what their flesh wants to do, even what the devil wants them to do. Um, Notice here, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, And I, brethren, now notice he calls, this is the church in Corinth, he calls them brethren. He said, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to what? As to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Do you know that there's a lot of Christians, you know, they receive Jesus, they become a Christian, and they never grow up spiritually. They just stay a baby Christian the rest of their lives until they die and go to heaven. Now that's sad because God wants us to grow up spiritually. But churches throughout the United States, and every church has them, uh, carnal Christians. And, And pastors a lot of times don't know what to do with carnal Christians. And there's some churches say, well, these people, they, 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 they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but they're acting just like the world, you know. And some will say, well, they never got saved to begin with. Well, there are a lot of people who just have a mental experience with Jesus and they don't ever really get saved, and that's sad. But there's a lot of people that do. They really believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but they just keep acting like the world. Other people say, well, you know, those folks got saved, but then they lost their salvation. Dear friends, listen, it's almost impossible for somebody, for a Christian to lose their salvation. And and a carnal baby Christian can't even do it. So so what you need to realize is carnality. uh, There's a lot of carnal Christians in the world. And notice here he says, I, brethren, I couldn't speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. Do you know as you study the Bible, God expects a a, a Christian to go from babyhood stage to uh, maturity in about anywhere from four to seven years. You can grow up spiritually. Now in the natural realm, it takes us, what, about 18 to 20 years, 21 years to grow up, to grow up naturally. Is that right? To be considered a, an adult? And I've met some, I'm 54 years old. I, I've met some 50-year-olds that act like they ought to be in the nursery. Have you ever met anybody like that? But in the spirit realm, it's the same thing. You know, God expects us to grow up spiritually, and you can grow up more quickly spiritually than you can naturally. And as you study the Bible, God expects us from the time we get saved, receive Jesus, He expects us in about four to seven years, you can grow up and become a a, a spiritual adult. But look, these Corinthians, He said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, uh, verse 2, until you were not able to receive it, and even now you're not able, for you are still carnal. That means fleshly. They're they're following, they're, they're saved people, all right. They're saved. They're going to heaven, but they're still acting like a sinner. For you are still carnal. For where there are, watch this, envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Uh, The Amplified Bible says mere unchanged men. The only difference between a, a sinner and a carnal Christian is one is going to hell and the other is going to heaven. Did did you get what I just said? Did, Did you get that? And there's a lot of carnal Christians in, 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 in churches throughout the land. They've received Jesus all right, but they've never grown up 
spiritually and they're still acting like sinners. Many of them don't even go to church. Or they'll just go to church when they have a need in their life or something comes up, you know, they get a bad doctor's report so they'll start coming to church for a while. Or they hit a bump in the road and they'll come to church for a while. But once that pressure eases, then you don't hardly ever see them at church anymore. Yet they love the Lord. The Lord's really in their heart. But they're just not living for God as they should. There's a lot of them around in the world, in the land, and they're called carnal Christians. And that was what, that's what Lot was. He was a carnal believer. He, he, the Bible called him righteous. He really believed God, but he, he, he lived just like, like pretty much like a sinner. And he made some choices. Now, hopefully you're in Genesis 13, but, but I want to tell you this before we, we read Genesis 13. The first choice that Lot made was a good one. He believed God. That's good. But the rest of them were bad. The second choice that he made, and it was a bad choice, is, and you can study the scripture and you can see, Lot never had an altar. He never had an altar. Unlike Abraham, his uncle. Abraham, though his life was not perfect, and he made some bad choices, but there was a good choice Abraham made in that he had an altar. What is that? He had a place where he went to meet with God. He had a place where he could go to pray. He had a place to go where he could seek God and ask his forgiveness. Abraham missed it many times, but when he did, he'd go to that altar and he'd get back right with God and he'd get back on the right track. But Lot wasn't so. He, did, he didn't have an altar. He didn't have a place where he could go and get back on track when he missed it. And so you need to understand that even though Lot was a believer, he was carnal and he never had an altar, unlike his uncle Abraham. And so we see Lot making a bad choice in that he didn't have a place to meet with God. That's why everybody ought to regularly attend a local church. You need to seek God, find out where it is He wants you to be. And I've said this for years and years and years. I'll say it again. You don't choose your church. You let God choose your church for you. Did you hear what I just said? Can you say amen? You don't don't choose a church because you like this or you like that or you like the other or you like the music or you like... First of all, remember, the worship isn't for you. The worship is for God. Can anybody say amen? Worship ought to be entertainment. It ought to be worship unto the Lord. Is that right? And and, and so um, you let God choose where you're supposed to go to church. how How do I do that? Well, you do visit a few churches. And then you be led with, the Bible says we're led with the peace of God on the inside. And you go to that place where you've got the peace of God. Can, can you say amen? But, but you see, you have a place where you can go to meet with God. Now, no, you don't have to come to church to, to meet with God. You can meet with God in your car or in your home or whatever. But all of us should have a place where we can go to meet with God. And so the first bad choice... That Lot made, now he made the good choice of being a believer, but the first bad choice he made is he didn't have an altar. He had no place to go when he missed it to meet with God to get back on the right track. Now, how many has ever missed it besides me in here? Have you ever missed it? When you miss it, you need, to, you need to have a place. You need to have a place where you can go and get with God and seek his face, ask his forgiveness, and get back on, on the right track. Lot never had that. Bad choice. Now, in Genesis 13, verse 5, 
Lot also, who went with Abram, and of course his name was later changed to Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. This was Abraham and his herdsmen and Lot and his herdsmen. Many of you studied this in Sunday school. And verse 6, the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Well, strife, that's carnality. We just read that in 1 Corinthians. The Canaanites and the Perizzites, however you say that, was they dwelt in the land. Look at verse 8. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me. Now, can you see when Abraham said that, can you see some spirituality about him there? He, he's acting like a spiritual adult. Let there be no strife between you and me. See, when there's strife and envy and all of that, that's a, that's a sign of carnality. And Abraham says, let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren, or we're related. Lot was his nephew. Verse 9, is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. Sounds like something a spiritual adult would do. Now, in verse 10, And Lot lifted his eyes and saw. Carnal believers are typically led by their eyes and their flesh, not by the Spirit of God. And you see, Lot lifted his eyes and he saw all the plain of the Jordan that was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zoar. Now, here we have another bad choice that Lot makes. Look at verse 11. Then Lot did what? He what? He chose for, he chose for himself. See, that's a, another sign of a carnal believer. A, you know, carnal, fleshly. Uh, not being led by the Spirit, but being led by the principles of the flesh he chose for himself it's interesting lot had a wife and at least two daughters we'll see in a moment he may have had more than two daughters but he had at least two daughters he's a carnal believer he makes a bad choice he chose for himself he didn't think about his wife he didn't think about his children he just thought about himself that's what carnal believers do they just think about themselves he just thought about himself and he chose for himself all the plain of jordan and lot journeyed east and they separated from each other lot from abraham verse 12 abraham dwelt in the land of canaan and lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as where sodom And if you don't know, look at verse 13. The men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. A lot of sin in Sodom. Homosexuality was one of those sins, among other things we could say. From my study, Lot was apparently aware. Now, you've got to listen to this. From my study, Lot was apparently aware of the sinfulness of Sodom. 
it was pretty well reported back in that day how sinful Sodom and Gomorrah was. Lot knew it was a bad place. Remember, he chose for himself. He, he knew that Sodom was there. He knew how evil those people were. But yet he looked at the plain and he saw how beautiful it was. And he had all these herds and how wonderful the land and the grazing land would be. And so he chose for himself. And he moved his wife and his daughters right next to that place that bordered such a sinful area. How many of you know, if he'd have been following God, he wouldn't have moved his family there. Is that right? But he didn't think about his family. He didn't think about his wife. didn't think about his daughters. All he thought about was himself. And actually, as you really look at this, I think he was thinking more about his herds and his cattle and the good grazing land than his family. How many of you know we ought to put our family above our pets? Is that right? I'm not saying you shouldn't love your pets. I'm not saying that, but uh, I mean, Jesus said that human beings are of more value than the animals. Did he not say that? And it's interesting to note that apparently as you study into this, Lot felt that he could handle the evil that was going to be bordering where he was going to be living because I need this good grazing land. I need this good grazing land for my cattle. Yeah, but Lot, just right across the, right across the fence, so to speak, you've got Sodom and Gomorrah, and you're, and you're going to move your wife and your daughters right next to that horrible place? Yeah, they'll, they'll be okay. I've got to take care of my cattle. Plus, it's a beautiful place. Look at all this greenery. Has anybody had neighbors that were unsavory? How many of you know that can be unsavory? Even though you might have a beautiful home, but you got neighbors that it's un, you know what I mean when I say unsavory, it can ruin the whole thing, is that right? But Lot made some bad choices. He pitched his tent right next to Sodom and the interesting thing is he moved up close to Sodom. And the next thing you know, he's living in Sodom. Some bad choices. And then as you read, and we won't do so for the sake of time, but as you read on there, Lot gets settled in Sodom. Now, he wasn't supposed to apparently go to Sodom. He was just going to live on the outskirts of it. You know the world has a way of sucking us in. Did you know that? I said, did you know the world has a way of drawing us in? A good example that I use, and I need to do this right here. Honey, come up here and stand in front. Now, let's just say that I'm walking with the Lord. And let's say that she's not born again. Let's say that she doesn't love the Lord at all. Okay? And, and, and I love the Lord. I want to serve God. But she doesn't. But I look at her and, oh, she's so pretty. And she is. And so... I'm looking at the Lord, and the Lord said not to be unequally yoked together with. But I love her so, and she's so pretty. And so I'm going to marry her, and I'm going to change her. So let me ask you a question. Which is easier? Now, I'm much bigger than she is, but 
Which is, now I'm living up here, wanting to walk with the Lord. She's down there living for the devil. Not really, but in this example. Now let me ask you a question. Even though I'm much bigger and stronger than she is, what do you think would be easier, for me to pull her up here or for her to pull me down there? You want to try it? Do you get my example? Because I've watched so many people... And they've said, well, I'm going to go ahead and marry him. And I'll just lift him up to my level. No, almost 100% of the time, the person that wants to live for the Lord is going to be pulled down onto the level of the person that isn't. Did you get what I just said? The world has a way of sucking us in if we're not watchful, if we don't stay, keep our distance from it. Do you understand? The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Now how many of you know we're not supposed to be hermits. We're supposed to go among the sinners. And we're supposed to witness to them. And love them with the love of the Lord. But we're not supposed to uh, get drawn in. And sucked into their lifestyle. Can you say amen? But that's what happened to Lot. Because he made a bad decision. And he's going to go up next to Sodom. And the next thing you know he's in it. Now once he gets in there. Long story short. There was, a, there was an attack on Sodom. There was an attack on it. And, and some, some other kings and whatnot came in and they captured Lot and his family along with the rest of the inhabitants of Sodom. And word got to Abraham that his nephew had been captured. And so what Abraham does is he goes and he rescues Lot. Now again, we see the spirituality in Abraham because you see if Abraham wasn't spiritual when he heard that lot was in trouble he would have said if he was being carnal he would have said you know it serves lot right he picked the best ground and uh, you know it just have you ever had somebody do you wrong and then you find out that they run into trouble and what is your flesh the first thing your flesh wants to do is say well it serves them right but see a spiritual christian will not have that attitude. A spiritual Christian will be sad that that person that did them wrong has hit a hard time. Can you say amen? Let's be spiritual around here. What do you say? So Abram goes out and he gets, he gets a band of his guys together and they go and they, they rescue Lot and they, they bring him and his family back. Look at Genesis 14 verse 7 because we're leading to some more decisions here I want you to see. Look at Genesis 14, 7. And the king of Sodom went out to meet Abram at the valley of Sheva, the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Sherard Lamar and the kings who were with him. Look at verse 21. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. Because you see, see Abram had just, had just defeated that group that took, took the Sodomites along with Lot. And Abraham says in verse 22, Abraham says to the king of Sodom, I've raised my hand to the Lord, most high, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread of the sandal strap to the thread, from the thread to the sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say I have made Abraham rich. Now it's interesting, just a little side note here, when we do things to help people, even people that don't deserve it, Oftentimes we'll get blessed out of it. And that's what happened here with Abraham. It always pays to be spiritual and take the high road. And that's what Abraham did. He, he went to help his nephew, even though his nephew didn't deserve it. 
But he gets, Abram gets blessed out of it. But now here's another bad choice that Lot made. Lot shouldn't have been in Sodom to start with. He's in Sodom. There's that capture that takes place. But guess what Lot does? Instead of wanting to go and, and, and find somewhere else to live, guess what he does? Another bad choice. Guess what he does? He goes back to live in Sodom. Another bad choice. I don't know about you, but I'd be looking for a, a real estate agent to get me out of there. How about you? But he goes back. He goes back. Another bad choice. He goes back. Now look at Genesis 19. Now we're going to read a lot of verses here, but I need to. And, and you're going to see the, the end result of carnality and bad choices. Chapter 19 of Genesis, verse 1. Now, there were, there were some angels. Actually, let me set this up. There were three angels. One was actually the Lord, and two angels came to Abram's tent and, and basically said, we're going to destroy Sodom because of the evil that's in there. And you can read this on, above, on up above in the other ch- chapters above, chapter 19. So he says, okay, we're go- the, the angels say, we're going to go destroy Sodom. And, of course, Abraham intercedes and, and, and talks to the angels and, and to the Lord and says, you know, would you destroy it if there were 50 righteous and 40 righteous and so on and so forth? And so, well, if there's 10 righteous, we won't destroy the city. How many remembers that? You, you can read that. So, so the Lord goes back up to heaven. The angels go into Sodom to check it out. And now, verse 1 of chapter 19. Now, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening. And Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. So he went back to Sodom, didn't he? Bad choice. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Now, he had enough. I mean, he, he was a believer. Did the Bible call him righteous? He was a believer. We know he was righteous because he was a believer. He recognized the angels. And verse 2, and he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go your way. And they said, No, but we'll spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they laid down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. That's very sad, isn't it? These men were homosexuals and they wanted to have sex with these angels. Sad, isn't it? So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. Now, here's another bad choice. Watch this. See now, I have two daughters... Who have not known a man. Two virgin daughters. Please let me bring them out to you. And you may do to them as you wish. Now remember a while ago when I said to you. That you're going to come to a point in this message. Where you're going to be scratching your head. As to whether Lot was righteous. Did we read over in the New Testament that he was righteous? Why was he righteous? Because of what he did or because of what he believed? God's merciful, isn't he? 
Now, he, now this is, do Christians behave badly sometimes? Do believers behave badly sometimes? Yes. Should they? No. But do they? Yes. Heaven's a free gift. Is this pretty ugly or what? He said, he said I'll bring them out to you that may you, you can do with them what you wish. Only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they've come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. Then they said, these evil men said, this one came in uh, to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the door of, uh, of Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men, the angels, reach out their hands and pull Lot into the house with them, shut the door, and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, sons, daughters, or whomever you may have in the city, take them out of this place? For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters. Now, just a little note here. Either Lot had other daughters. Is that possible? Because there's two daughters with him in the house. He goes out to speak to the sons-in-law who had married his daughters. Well, he just told the angels that his daughters were virgin daughters. So either Lot had other daughters or Lot lied about their virginity. Now, would a Christian ever tell a lie? Would a believer, they weren't technically Christians in the Old Testament, I understand. Would a believer ever tell a lie? Oh, yeah. You know, I've dealt with some sinner men that were more honest than a lot of Christians I've dealt with over the years. Isn't that sad? Are you getting anything out of this? I'm not boring you, am I? Am I saying it's okay to lie? No. You're, just hold with me here and you'll, you'll see that when we get to the end, it'll be very sobering what we're going to find out here about living a carnal lifestyle. So either, either either he had other daughters or he lied. When you're dealing with carnal believers, you never know if they're telling the truth or not. Anyway, and said, get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. So Lot's telling his sons-in-law this. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be what? Have you ever told somebody about the Lord and that if you don't receive the Lord, you're, you know, you're going to miss heaven and go to hell and they just kind of... Laugh you off. Have you ever? I tell you, this stuff is no joke. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. And the Lord is coming back. Did you know that? Now here's bad choice number, number, another bad choice. Look at verse 15. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry. I don't know about you, but I'd be wanting to get out of that place. How about you? See, what, the reason this is important, the reason I point it out, is the world can get such a grip on you that even if the judgment of God's heading your way, you're still going to want to hang on to it. You need to understand that about your flesh. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife, your two daughters who are here, lest they be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he what? While he what? 
Wouldn't you be wanting to hightail it out of there? Why is he lingering? Because that Sodom had, he'd been there so long. Yes, it was vexing his righteous soul, but he'd been there so long, I think his flesh had gotten used to it. He, he didn't want to leave. We've got to be careful about being carnal. The men took hold of, angels took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. The Lord being what? Isn't the Lord merciful? To him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside, he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. And so, of course, for the sake of time, we'll skip down to verse 22. Lot asked to go to a smaller city, Zor, and, they, and the angel said it'd be okay, and all of that. Look at verse 22. Hurry. Escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Notice God wasn't going to judge that city or the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah until he got Lot and his family out of there. Can you say amen? God's merciful, isn't it? And notice, therefore, the name of the city is called, verse 23, the sun had risen upon the earth. Now watch this. The sun, verse 23, the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar, that little city. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, don't, don't ever forget God is a good God. He's merciful. But there is a judgment side to him. And he rained. Now, this wasn't what he wanted to do, but, but, but this is what happens if you don't obey him. He rained fire and brimstone on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the city, and what grew on the ground? Now, verse, nine, uh, verse 26 of chapter 19. But what did Lot's wife do? Did Sodom have a hold on her? That didn't start right there, dear friends. That started probably some years before when Lot made a bad decision to move to the... Is that right? Didn't happen right there. It happened long before when Lot put his herds above his wife and his family. She looked back, her heart, she was so, that city was so a part of her, and she became a pillar of salt. Did you ever read that, that verse in Psalm 91 that says, Only with our eyes shall the righteous see the reward of the wicked? Look at verse 27. A- Abraham went out early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw and beheld the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of the furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham. I mean, do you see that the, it, it didn't touch Abraham, did it? All he, all he did was look, at, look at, the, at the reward of the wicked. Is that right? And it came to pass, verse 29, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the, of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Now listen to this. Read from my notes. Lot was saved and his spirit went to paradise, or we could say heaven, when he died because Lot himself was a believer. But he was spared being destroyed with Sodom and Gomorrah because his uncle Abraham 
who was not only a believer, but was also a man of faith, who had a covenant with God, who stood on that covenant, who was a man who went to the altar, a man who prayed and made intercession for others. That's why Lot didn't get destroyed in that city. Do you see that? Now, in case you missed that, I'm going to say that again. It's very important. Why did Lot miss hell and make heaven? It's because he himself was a believer. But the reason he didn't get destroyed in that city, the reason the angels had to get him out of there, the reason that the angels couldn't destroy that city until Lot was removed, really didn't have much to do with Lot. It had to do with his uncle Abraham, who was a man of faith, who was a man of prayer, a man who went to the altar, a man who made intercession. Can you say amen? What's the lesson we learn right there? It's important that we are spiritual Christians because we can help those who are carnal. There's a lot of carnal Christians that need help. Lot was a carnal believer. He needed some help. Thank God Abraham was a mature spiritual person who had a covenant. Now let's look at the end result of carnality and then we'll, 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 we'll be dismissed. The end result of carnality. Lot lost his wife, didn't he? Yes or no? His sons-in-law, did he lose them? Yeah. I mean, we're talking dead. We're talking life. and See, this playing around with sin, the Bible says there's pleasures in sin for what? A season. But the end result of sin is what? Death. You've got to go all the way back to the choices he made when he moved to Sodom. And all those other choices he made, now we're going to, they're bad choices. The only good choice I see Lot made is he chose to be a believer. Beyond that, he made no good choices. He lost his wife. He lost his sons-in-law, perhaps other daughters. And then look at verse 30 of chapter 19. Then Lot went up out of Zorah and dwelt in the mountains. His two daughters were with him. So the only thing he had left was him and his two daughters. For he was afraid to dwell in Zorah, and he and his two daughters dwelt where? So now he's living in a cave. Carnality will put you in a cave, won't it? Put you in a pig pen, won't it? Now, watch this. Now, the firstborn, I just have to read this, verse 31. Let the Bible speak for itself. Now, the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on earth to come into us, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him. That means have sex with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and had sex with her father, and he did not know when she laid down or when she arose. It's a reading out of the Bible, dear friends. Do you think Sodom had gotten into his daughters and had a negative effect on him? It happened on the next day, verse 34, that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my, I laid with the father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight, and you go lie down with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. The younger arose, lay with him. He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were made pregnant by their father. 
That's what with child means. You see the end result of carnality? All because he wanted some good grazing ground. He wanted what looked good. Didn't ever seek God about, should I take that ground over there? Didn't have an altar. Didn't have anywhere to go to seek God. Didn't have a local church, we could say. You know, had nowhere to, never really sought the Lord. Just kind of went by what he saw and what was best for him, his own self. The firstborn, verse 37, bore a son named named him Moab. From which we get the Moabites, and they were a thorn in the side of Israel for years. In verse 38, you got the Ammonites, and they were a thorn in the other side of Israel for years. Do you see the end result of carnality? Do you see the end result of bad choices? I think of King David. He was a man after God's own heart. He was spiritual. How many remember King David? He had some moments of carnality. Have you ever had moments of carnality or am I the only one? King David, he slipped. But again, David was like Abraham. He, he got back to God. He had an altar. He got back to the Lord. But his carnality cost him and his family was messed up. David, I'm talking about King David. We see that with other men in the Bible and today with Lot. Do you see the results of carnality? And the results of bad choices. If you're taking notes, I'm going to say this and then, I'm, and then I'm done. If you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. The carnal believer may end up saved with a saved soul. But they live a lost life. The carnal believer ends up with a saved soul but a lost life. Was Lot's soul saved? Yeah, we read that in the New Testament. He was righteous. He's with the Lord now. But his life here on the earth was a loss, wasn't it? A carnal believer ends up with a saved soul, but a lost life. Stand with me if you would. I preached a little long today, but I hope that you got something out of it. Bow your heads, please. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to talk to you today just for a couple of seconds right before we're dismissed about choices. The choices you have made, are making, will make. And the first choice, as I said at the beginning of this message, has to do with heaven or hell. And so if you've never made the choice for Jesus, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. When we dismiss in just moments from now, if you've never made that choice to receive Jesus, you need to do that before you leave today. I'm not trying to scare anybody or anything like that, but the Bible is clear. There is a heaven to gain and there is a hell that you don't want to go to. And the way you miss hell and make heaven is by accepting Jesus as your Savior and making Him the Lord of your life. If you've never done that, when we dismiss, walk up here to the front, get with one of these nice people up here and just say, hey, introduce me to Jesus. And, they'll, and they will. They'll, they'll have a word of prayer with you. And just in a moment's time, they'll lead you in prayer and the Lord will come right into your heart. You'll miss hell and make heaven and He'll make your life worth living. To the rest of you, who you've already made that decision for Jesus, I want to ask you about other decisions. Remember, the first decision we make is between heaven and hell. The other decisions we make 
have to do with are we going to be carnal or spiritual? Are we going to do what God wants or are we going to do what we want or what the devil wants? If you've made some bad decisions, like Lot made a bunch of them, Abraham made some bad decisions. But like I said in the message, he repented. You can too. So can I if we miss it. Lot never did that, unfortunately. But you can, so can I. So if you need to repent of some bad decisions you made, do it right there where you stand. Just repent in your heart and say, just between you and the Lord, say, Lord, I I made some bad decisions. I missed it. Please forgive me. And He will. And then make the correction. Make the correction. You can do it in a moment's time. Make the correction. Maybe you're facing some things right now where you have some decisions to make. Don't put yourself first. What would God want you to do? How is this going to affect your spouse? How is it going to affect your family? And love will always make a decision to benefit others. I've already known of several stories over the many years where a man was living in a community, his wife was doing well, his kids were in school, they were like in, you know, 11th grade and 12th grade, and they're just doing wonderful. But he got a job offer two states away, and he was going to make more money. He already had a decent job, all right, but he's going to make a little bit more money. I've watched him take their whole family and just move them a couple of states away. They don't think about a church. They don't think about they're pulling their kids out of school. They don't think about any of that. All they're thinking about is the money. That's what we're talking about here. When they should have let their kids finish school and all of that, you understand. So these are the kinds of decisions. I've watched these over the many, many years. And I've watched people make decisions to benefit themselves or for money. And I've watched families suffer so. But yet I've seen other people make good, wise decisions. And I've never seen a one of them yet that made a decision based in love that has come back and said, Pastor Terry, I I shouldn't have made that decision based on love. They've always said, "I'm I'm glad I moved with the Lord. I'm glad I did what He wanted me to do. But I have countless numbers of others who've come back and said, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done what I did. I did it selfishly. I did it. I didn't listen to godly advice. Maybe that's you today. Maybe God has you here just to hear this message. Make the decision based on what God wants you to do. Not what you want to do. And things will be better. You'll be glad you did. Father, I pray for the people that this word will not return empty but it will accomplish what you sent it forth to do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Love on a couple of people. You're dismissed.